Welcome back, 7 o'clock hour. Jay Bickley, Julio Sanchez producing. Not Ron Prince, but Ron Cobb. Not the old case 8 head coach, Jay. Lead analyst, DarylHitPride.com. I was talking to Eric Prince, and I mixed words yeah. with Ron Cobb and said Ron Prince. No, I just think I think some K-State fans probably just turn their heads a little bit like, oh, shoot, he's he's, he's having him on? What just the mildly heck? distracted. You know, I have yoga <laughs> pants dancing in my head. You know, I'm sorry. No, hey, it's all good. I have a buddy, uh, Jaguars tight end Garrett Prince. You know, I, you know, we have a we have a Prince in the league, so uh, you know, we, we got to represent the last name Prince all the ways we can. So uh, there you go. So um, on your way in, you heard the because uh, I have a uh, Finns fan tweeting at me, <laughs> um, who wants to see wanted to see the Miami Dolphins for game number one. I did not want to see the Miami Dolphins in game one. I want to see the Cincinnati Bengals in game one because I consider the Cincinnati Bengals the greatest threat to the Kansas City Chiefs. And Andy Reid, 22-3 and three after bye, 8-3 and three after bye in the playoffs. That's 28-6 in his career. I want Andy Reid to have most of May, June, July, and August to get ready for those Cincinnati Bengals because I think they're a better team than the Miami Dolphins. And I will, you know, prove it otherwise – because they've been in the AFC title game the last two years, Dolphins. Prove it by actually being in that game. Well, I, I don't know. I, I definitely don't think they should have been the week one opponent. I'm actually pretty upset with who they chose to be the week one opponent. I don't know. I don't know your take on it, Jay, but I've I, I gotta say it here while I got the platform that I just think they completely whiffed on giving the Chiefs a, a, a fun, a, you know, a, a more uh, you know energizing home opener. I guess I don't know. Well, I can the, understand it. Lions no. are going places. I, I do like the Lions. It's the one too that early, doesn't make man. sense to me is the it's Sunday night game with the Packers. Even though there wasn't a lot of great choices that week, there's really not. But if that, I mean, I could see the Chiefs getting flexed out of Sunday night football because who knows? Yeah, Packers, oh yeah, that, yeah. Packers might not be great. But in the yeah. NFC, though, they could be still competing for a playoff spot. I mean, you know. But just, again, I don't think they're going to flex out the Chiefs. Right. I just exactly. Don't think they do it. No, I don't think so either. But no, I, I just with the Lions, I really think that could have been a perfect game later in the season. The Lions are kind of maybe building momentum as that young team that is, you know, has that a lot of expectations and maybe kind of are trying to figure it out first. You know, the first part of the season, but really catch fire like. It just made so much more sense to me that that's a primetime game later in the season when the Lions are really, you know, in the in the hunt. First, out, right out of the gate with the Chiefs getting their Super Bowl banner, I just feel like it's 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 putting the Lions in a bad spot. It really is. Like, I, I really feel like it was a bad call by the NFL. I really wish they would have gave the Chiefs the Bengals or the Eagles. I think the Eagles would have. I, I really like the the idea of a Super Bowl rematch Bowl right too. out the gate. Yeah, and, and, and you're giving, you know, we got the banner. The Eagles are going to be, you know, steaming mad. And, hey, maybe they beat you right there. I mean, that, that it's absolutely a possibility. But I just I just like week one having a little more intrigue than okay Detroit's coming in yes they're a fun team they won't even have Jamison Williams though Jay they won't even have one of their most fun exciting playmakers because he's going to be suspended that game should have been later in the year would have been a way more it's going to be a party in Kansas City at Arrowhead because last time they didn't get to do this the fans right. because of the pandemic hey so they weren't able to go to the game they weren't able to go to St Joe they were able to go to yeah. the parade then boom the world shut down right I the one thing I will say about it that I think. And I could be wrong about this. I don't know. Maybe you can tell me. I feel like it will be dominant Chiefs fans because it's Detroit. You know, maybe if it was another opponent, you know, uh, maybe it's a little more packed with other teams fans in that stadium. I feel like with it being the Lions, you know, I know that they're, they're, they have a great fan base. Don't get me wrong. But just, you know, with with maybe, you know, the the, you know, the ability to, to get there, you know, how often they play in Arrowhead. You know, I, I feel like they could be all packed Chiefs. So that's one positive. Maybe. Well, the one thing about it is. You're going to stay up late because the Chiefs are in primetime. Six primetime games. Yeah. Eight standalone games. If you consider <laughs> that Thursday night game standalone. 
It would not and you don't even think about that game. Think of the Christmas Day game. Right. Yeah. Which I, they're going to be in the Germany game because the, the primetime game, that first one's considered a primetime. So six of oh, those, yeah. plus you get the Christmas Day game and you get the uh, and you get the game in Germany. So eight standalone games for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I can't remember. And I'm sure Sharp Football will go back and look at this. But can you think of another team in the last 20 years, your lifetime, just think of your lifetime where a team that's won a Super Bowl has had one noon Sunday game. And I get they've, they've expanded. And don't yeah. give me that they're playing at noon on Christmas because I don't care. There's no other games at noon on Christmas. Right. So don't give me your red zone deal. It's the only game on, so that's the only game that's going to be shown. Yeah. So take that out of the equation because even the Patriots, they were rock and roll, and they played a lot of noon games against oh, yeah. the Jets, the Bills, you name it. Absolutely. No, it, it is, I think it's more to do with what you're saying, how they're giving the, the, the networks the freedom now to you know kind of have a free agency of games where they can kind of pick and choose which games you know, we kind of saw that off the out the gate. There's more kind of a, a you know st- uh, streams uh, to do uh, primetime games. So I think it's more of that than just like the Chiefs themselves. But when you can kind of combine, you know, having the best quarterback in the NFL and having the most successful team, you know, the team that's you know won the most over the past decade, uh, you know, it's it's it kind of just makes sense that the team shows up all the time on in primetime, but. You know, I, I, I do think again, you know, I, I think I, I wish they would have maybe, you know, tweaked the week one, you know, opponent a little better, but it will be a fun game. You know, some of the, the other fun games on the schedule, I think having the bills later in the season this year will be kind of interesting. We've always played them early in the regular season, the bills and they, and they have gotten us a few times. Right. But, and it's never been that late, you know, season playoff push kind of game in the regular season against the bills. So I kind of like that one later in the season, obviously, the Eagles Monday night game, though, out of a bye week, that's going to be intense, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for that. Well, then you have weeks 12 and 17, six straight weeks where the Chiefs have negative rest days yeah. on their opponents. And that's that's unheard of. Sharp football went back and looked at it. It was the first time in like 90 years. Yeah. And the NFL team has gone six straight weeks of having less rest than their opponent because of their playing primetime games. They've got a shortened shortened time. Um yeah, and like week that. twelve through seventeen, he researched back thirty-five years, never happened before. That was Warren Sharp on Sharp Football. Oh wow! Well, yeah, and, and like that Bills game is actually a good example because Buffalo's coming off a bye week, coming into Arrowhead that game. Um, so that's you know, yeah, that's an advantage for them. But no, I you know I I, I do think the schedule's you know it's a fun schedule. There's a lot of fun opponents you don't see all the time. You know, we're not playing the Jets every year. We're not playing the Vikings. You know, all the time. The Lions. It's the first time they've they're playing in Arrowhead since. Trent Green, uh, I want to say it, it was something like that. So kind of, a, you know, a lot of fun kind of opponents, you know, uh, uh, you know, different opponents. The Jaguars week two. Jay actually picked them. Uh, I did my way too early uh, schedule uh, prediction. I picked the, a loss week two against the Jaguars. Just Did you pick the Jags to lose? I mean, I, no, I the Chief, yeah, the Chiefs to lose to the, the Jaguars. I mean, yeah. they're going to play. They are playing two games overseas, though. And yeah, I'm sure they're mad about that in Duval. Well, no, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm sure. Absolutely. But no, I just think home opener Dougie P is going to have them ready to roll. Kind of, you know, that was the last game of the season for them was the chiefs, you know, losing in arrowhead, which was a pretty competitive game. Although it was because Mahomes was maybe playing on, on one foot there. But, uh, but I think, I think that could be a game where, you know, chiefs kind of come out week one, spank Detroit, kind of feeling good about themselves, got the super bowl banner up. And then kind of week two, maybe, uh, you know, overlook maybe a hot Jacksonville team. Because week 12, they have one day less rest than the Raiders. Week 13, um, three days less rest than the Packers. Uh, then the Bills coming off the bye, like you said. So seven days less rest. Week 15, wow. um, three days less rest than the Patriots. Week 16, uh, the Raiders uh, who played on Thursday night. Four days less rest against the Raiders. That second time they faced in the week 17, they play the Bengals. 
but it's two days less rest for the Chiefs and Bengals. And we know all know by week 17, yeah, 48 hours that sometimes up. takes guys. Uh, I mean, Willie Rofe, when he used to play, he, guy was having trouble walking throughout the week until it was Sunday. Yeah. No, you're hundred percent right. No, there's, there's definitely something to that. Um, and, and that's the thing. I mean, the chiefs have managed that and, and, and they have the advantage of having the experience of going through this every year, right. Always being in the playoff push, you know, down the stretch, knowing kind of how to handle it. You know, they always seem to kind of end the, the regular season on a good enough note, you know, never kind of ending on a sour note. And it's worked out obviously. It, it's games. why I was laughing before the show 33rd team, which does yeah. their website. They have a lot of former NFL players and stuff. And Ari Myrov works for them and they have Mike Martz picking the, Top five offenses for 2023. Oh, boy. They've got the 49ers one, the Chiefs two. And keep in mind, that's Brock Purdy, yeah. maybe Sam Darnold. Hold on a second. To begin the year. <laughs> so that is the team that you have over a team that's won five straight AFC title games. So it took me, I took the Twitter with Mahomes, a quarterback, yeah. in points per drive, which is a big stat. It's every time you get the football, how many points do you score? Chiefs were number one in 2022 in points per drive. Number one in 21 in points per drive. And everybody said everybody figured out the Chiefs offense. Number four in 2020. Number two in 2019. Number one in 2018. So in those five years, Mahomes has been a starter. Three times he's finished once. One time he's finished fourth. One time he's finished second in points per drive. He has not finished worse than fourth in points per drive and led the NFL the previous two years. That's your number one offense. The only offense over 400 yards per game, the only offense over 300 yards passing per game without a thousand yard receiver, your Kansas city chiefs. Yeah. We went over this last year, guys. We, 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 you know, everyone wanted to see what the offense looked like without Tyreek and it looked almost better than it ever has. You know, you could make the argument depending on the stats you, you, you present right there. And, and, and that's the thing we haven't seen the best of Mahomes still, which is, which is awesome to think about, you know, and, and, and Andy Reid's still obviously going to, going to be evolving and, and using his skills to his best ability. So I mean, we haven't seen the best of it yet, man. It's, it's, it's definitely exciting. It's, it's, it's a good time. Oh, and by the way, happy birthday, Amanda. Okay. It's uh we got a request here on the text line. Hey, Bank, it's Amanda. Tyler from Lee Summit. Uh, my lady loves three things, cold beer, Red Lobster, and 610 Sports. It's her <laughs> birthday. He took her to the Red Lobster with a lot of cold beer. Did you have those biscuits? <laughs> That's Did awesome. Did you have those biscuits? Yeah, I hope oh, you yeah. have those biscuits. But happy birthday to Amanda. That's a staple, dude. You can't you can't go to a Red Lobster without the biscuits. Cold beer, lobster, and 610 Sports Radio. What's better than that? I, I don't know, Jay. I don't know. That, well, Tyree Kimball's like a... talking about Outback Steakhouse. What's your favorite steakhouse? <laughs> favorite steakhouse? Uh, we, Herford House is good. I will say Herford House around here. As far here. as chains, we can go majestic yeah. in a place like that, yeah. but we're Capital Of Grove. course, yeah, right. I, I, I'm going to go Texas Roadhouse, all right? Oh, I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. You got to give it to the Roadhouse, man. Uh, shout out the wife. Me, I mean, that, that's our place for sure. So Is that where you guys go? Oh, yeah. We live in Oweipa, so, you know. It was it's Idaho nice. Day, what, yesterday, the day before, so it's the, you think of that big potato Ooh. they got, yeah. Ooh, Jay. Okay, come on, Jay. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're trying to talk some football here. You're making me hungry. I, mean, I, I am getting hungry, but anyway, <laughs> we'll talk about the draft because I want to get into it. You have a great article, too, about Daenerys Prince. They signed undrafted free agents. Yes, sir. And we'll get into that. But as far as this draft is concerned, because before, you know, as we were talking throughout the draft process, 21 to 22 guys from Brett Veach draft picks. Yeah. The last three years are still in the roster. Cornell Powell was the one guy that I added to make 21 to 22 because he's on the practice squad, which right now he's actually on the roster. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm still including him because he's still a member of the Chiefs. He's on the practice squad. So 21 to 22, it's four, four uh, rookie defensive backs playing in the Super Bowl. It's how you make it. 
But the one thing is, and what the Chiefs have done is they really value these seventh-round pick, like Nick Jones, the corner of Indiana, who's turning some heads at the rookie minicamp, because the undrafted free agents are getting more money than some of the seventh-round picks. Yeah. A lot of it. A guy that you wrote an article on, Derek Prince, got, what, two or $231,000 guaranteed. He wouldn't have got that as a seventh-round pick. Yeah, no, if you're a prospect, you don't want to be drafted in the seventh round. Uh, you, you want to get to that free agency. Choose because, wherever you can go. Yeah, exactly. And and Prince is someone that was a draftable prospect. I'm very surprised he wasn't picked in the NFL draft. He was someone that I thought was 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 better than than a few backs that got drafted uh, he was my 18th ranked running back overall. And uh, I will say Dane Brugler of the athletic had him as a fifth, the sixth round grade of a running back. So you're talking about a guy that should have been picked, you know, maybe a little earlier and, and, and the chiefs maybe lucked out on being able to to sign him, you know, and, and kind of have that free agency period, big but, bruising back like Pacheco. They, no, he's yeah. got he's bigger than Jay, Pacheco. Let, Jay, let me hit you with these because you want to say he's like Pacheco, but, he, but he's the fourth fastest running back to combine that we know. The year before, Pacheco was the fastest running back at the yes. combine. So they've got the fastest and the fourth fastest in two straight years. Yeah, and the forties weren't that different. Four three seven, four four one. Uh, you know, point oh four off. You know, that's that's obviously a difference. Pacheco still, I think, has that uh, superior home run ability. But you're talking about two guys that both weighed in at 216 pounds with nine and a quarter inch hands. These guys are very similar size profile players and with that kind of straight line speed too. The thing though with Prince to me is he is, you know, he is that bruising runner. He is that guy that's going to put his... He's he's, taller. Yeah, he is. He is taller for sure. Um, But he is that guy that's going to put his shoulder down I think what you see from Prince though is is a is a better ability than Pacheco in my opinion to turn a corner to to kind of you know change direction in the box and 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 kind of find that that backside cutback lane you know smoother. I think Pacheco's a little rigidy when he's making those cuts, right? I think he, he does kind of have to take a second to really you know gather his feet and, and and get going the other way, right? You do see some of that the kind of the choppiness, which we love because you know he runs hard and and, and that's a part of his game, but. There, there's some part of parts about Prince that I really like that I could see even fitting better in an Andy Reid offense with light boxes where you do need to, as you're heading horizontally, really all of a sudden cut back, you know, vertically. I mean, McKinnon's the best at that on the team, and I think Prince has some of that ability at his size, and that's why I'm intrigued by him because, Jay, Pacheco's going through an, a, a, an injury recovery right now. Andy Reid was not able to give us a positive timeline or a confident timeline. He actually kind of said the words like he can't do any, you know, he, he said like he can't get hit right now at and all he or something. Super Bowl hurt. Yeah. I, if Pacheco's out at all, any extended period of time, Prince is the only guy on the, on the roster that really makes sense. Uh, you know, of the, of the legitimate guys to be taking those early down reps. Obviously Clyde has been here. So he's going to be taking, well, yeah, obviously, but just in terms of being that bruiser kind of early down, you know, kind of what Pacheco does for the team. I think Prince fits it really well. And the longer Pacheco's out, you know, Pacheco was a seventh round pick last year. Prince is in that same mold. So there's, there's no loyalty here, Jay. There's no allegiance, allegiance to a broken hand in the torn labrum. Yeah. Yeah, it was hold that thought right there. Cause there's one interesting thing about running backs. I want to ask you if Prince can do it. Cause I don't know if Pacheco can, we'll discuss that next Ron cop. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Hey, welcome back. Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez producing. Ron Kopp, lead analyst, Arrowhead Pride, in studio with me. Do you think this is played at all the 1999 reunions? Should be. I would assume so. It's got to be the like, theme song for Class of 99, right? Oh, it has to be. 
Ron, were you in class? Yeah, you were. You were <laughs> was Ron alive in 1999? Ron threw six barely, interceptions barely. in one game, and I covered that game. What did I tell you? Oh, my gosh. I was telling <laughs> this it. dude he was going to bring it he up. He threw dude. six. How oh do you throw six God. picks in one game? Seriously. Never going to live that one up. Like, how do you do that, Tua? Like, how do you throw six picks in one game? Like, I yeah, you was, still have not answered bit. this, Ron. You know, you know how? It's because our defense was playing so well that they kept getting us you the ball You kept giving back. them the damn ball. I know. What well, was we the final still score of that almost game? won. It was like 13-12 or something. Did you win? No. No, we lost. You six interceptions. This is like won? a scarring moment you in my, in my football career here. Yeah, I know. It was, yeah. Which is crazy that they almost won despite you. I don't even want to. <sighs> He's a better analyst than he is football player. You know what I would have done if I was your Thank coach? You. I would have just turned around and handed it off. I, mean, I would have gone pure eye. <laughs> we should have. Pro set. We were just a very. I would have maybe gone wishbone. We man. absolutely should have. There's no doubt about it. We It'd were very. Like, Cop, come over here. We ain't throwing it again. You hand it off. You think about throwing? Don't. Just run. See, I was just too trustworthy of a guy. They trusted me too much, I guess. You know, I just. You just uh, wanted to air that crap out, man. Now, we were a very spread offense. We were a lot of empty, a lot of four, four <laughs> wide. So uh, we were. Uh, it was. Yeah, you're a very generous quarterback. Jay doesn't realize how <laughs> how many memories, how many scarring memories he's bringing up. I right had to now. call but, uh, that game. Yeah, I guess that's pretty scarring for you too. Honestly, I mean, any fan no, I there? That was great. Like, uh, who the hell is this? <laughs> cop? Give him some talk about. Who the hell is this cop kid? This is awesome. This guy's generous. five star prospect. This guy, this guy. Please tell me. No, I'm just kidding, you, Ron. High school football is the best, man. Oh no! Hey, I I don't regret anything. I no, had a very best, good time. I had a very good High school football is the best, but uh, I like to tease you about that. All right, so let's go back to uh, <laughs> Daneric Prince. I, it was just funny because I told who I was like I you know he he's gonna bring it up. It's, it's gonna just, come it's, up. It, it's gonna come up. So I, I, I almost didn't bring it up. Yeah, it, it only took you one segment. So. Hey, you know what, Ron? Daneric <laughs> Prince. All right, what <laughs> do we got? Let me put it this way, Ron. Back when I was doing Royals post game, <laughs> Ron came and visited the trailer. When yes, he was sir. in high school, he like came into the R six ten abode, R six ten trailer, yeah, the camper, RV, nice, the camper, day day left field. <laughs> yeah, those are better Royals days. Those are better days to be at the K, man. I'll tell you that much. I uh, I miss those kind of. That was even after the World Series, and I uh, it was still better days. Because you were in high now, school so. and going on a date to the K was actually cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd... I wish you would get back to that because that was the spot, man. Before you took a girl to the K, you didn't like her. <laughs> like, like in eleven and twelve, you took her to the K means you did yeah. not like her. Cheat Fourteen day. and fifteen, yeah. those panties are flying off. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Bank. I mean, it's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, you see Eric Hosmer out there. I mean, come on. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, let's go back to generic Prince and Isaiah Pacheco. All right, Pacheco with the torn labrum, the hand injury. We all know the Chiefs were crushing it on third down unless it was third and one. Worst team in the league at third and one, fourth and one. Yeah, they were. They had trouble getting a yard. And they're not going to sneak Mahomes like Philly does, which is a great play that the NFL reintroduced, what, 06, 08, something like that, where you can push the quarterback, you can yeah. push him. It was 06, I think it was. Yeah, somewhere in that where range. Where the NFL right. said you can now push, and they do it to perfection. No one no one really took advantage of it until last year. Because short really yardage, yeah. it, more, more and more teams are going to do it. What the Eagles did yeah, the oh, Super yeah. Bowl is going to be Absolutely. the new standard. When you're at third and one, that's, that's pretty much a free first down. It does take it's gonna happen. It does take a certain type of center. I think Jason Kelsey having the kind of leverage ability, you know, yeah, to, you to come out low and league. just I mean, he is just yeah, I mean that's that's definitely gonna help. But uh yeah. But you know, the Belldozer, something like that, who did it at Oklahoma, you know, they, they I, focus more in on that. And I know the Chiefs have had a fullback with Burton, didn't use him much last year, although the year before he was eight for eight on first downs. 
getting they, the short catches, but Jay, the yardage, they, yards, excuse me. But they don't have a fullback right now. How interesting is that? How interesting is that? They didn't. That's they didn't, why I wanted to draft a fullback. They didn't retain one in undrafted free agency. That was, uh, they had some mini camp tryouts, but they didn't really get one. Get one of those guys in the building. You know, Hunter Loopkey, the North Dakota Loopke's State guy. guy. He was out wanted, there, man. It doesn't mean they would not get to sign somebody because Andy Reid's always had one. It doesn't mean they're going to get somebody that's cut or June 1st cut or a camp cut. But Hunter Luke, is the guy I wanted, but he ends up in Dallas. But wouldn't you think an Andy Reid type of coach would want that guy in there for the whole offseason program? Why mess around with a guy that if he's going to sign someone just off the, the scrap pile? Don't you want someone that's going to have to, you know, be there all offseason to learn the special teams, to learn the offense? I mean, this kind of makes me think there could be something else going on in terms of Maybe we're finally getting to that point where they're going to use another type of position for that fullback, like a Blake Bell, like a. Well, Lukey played a lot of wing or like a lot of uh, Wildcat up at North Dakota State as well. I mean, this guy was, you know, seven, eight hundred dollars oh, yeah. a year for being a fullback. That's why I thought, okay, yeah. maybe Belldozer, that's his role. You go up there and you push him from behind. But here's the deal do you trust Prince more in third and one or fourth and one than you do Pacheco? Because Pacheco is a Kyle Brandt angry runner, man. I mean, that guy runs angry, angry for just sure. not on third and one. But let me let me hit you with this. I, I really feel like Prince gets going a little quicker, and I think that's really important in short yardage situations, right? I really feel like the zero to 60 element of a running back is very important in short yardage, getting to the line of scrimmage as quickly as possible, not you know any sort of delay in, in getting that ball and getting to the line of scrimmage just allows the defensive lineman to get, get just, just enough of that uh, more push. So, you know, he has a little more acceleration to me than, than Pacheco does, but we've seen Pacheco do it. So, I, you know, I don't want to come on here and just say, you know, hey, Prince is going to be better than Pacheco. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just intrigued by Prince. And we just have to remember that just because Pacheco was the Super Bowl running back last year doesn't mean he wasn't a seventh-round pick that was nearly an undrafted free agent, free agent in the same realm as, as Prince is right now. There's, there's no there's no allegiances, man. If, if he's going to miss any uh, any offseason program, I, I feel like Prince is going to give him a shot. And they're just very similar type of runners. McKinnon and Clyde are going to provide something else to the team, but I feel like Prince and Pacheco, one of them or the other, is going to be doing one thing. Well, Jerion Ely still a member of this team. He yeah, was he's on the a, practice squad last year. It's a guy that I sleeper. really like because he plays wide receiver and running backs, 5'8", 190. But look at what he did at Old Miss. 722 rushing, 745, 768, 6.9, 5.1, 5.6. Can't sneeze at that. 32 receptions, 218 yards his last year at Ole Miss. He can catch the ball exceptional in the backfield. So the, the problem goes with, so, okay, can you block? That's the question with Ely. Do you like the way the Prince stands in a block? Because he's six foot. We talk about 216, but he's six foot in 216. Well, that is the thing with the comparison to Pacheco that I think maybe Prince has another advantage is that Pacheco isn't necessarily, didn't really show any, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say any, but didn't really show clean reps and blocking uh, last year. I, I There was definitely some times where he got beat just, you know, kind of almost being overpowered at times, kind of, you know, almost just not, you know, uh, being, you know, kind of almost playing too high at times in his blocks and Prince definitely has that kind of natural, you know, sink, you know, sink kind of, uh, you know, sink your hips a little bit, you know, shoot your hands. And he has the size to hold up, right? I mean, you know, in terms of, you know, facing linebackers and defensive backs, he has the size to match them to an extent. Obviously, some linebackers are going to be pretty big, but I did like what I saw. You know, obviously, it's going to have to be cleaned up. I don't think any college running back is going to be, you know, come. I think Kenny McIntosh is probably the only guy that I'd say, okay, like that dude can come in and pass protect right away. And I feel really good about it. 
But that's the thing is a lot of times you just want to see the willingness from the college running back, not necessarily the, the fundamentals or the technique. You just want to see the willingness to sell out. And, and, and you know, and, and I actually have a clip on Twitter of him flying across the formation. Oh, your Twitter account, you get a lot of generic prints. Oh, yeah. No, and, and there's one clip where he's flying across the formation on a pass protection play to, you know, clip a uh, or uh, I should say cut a, a defensive back on the other side. And, and he does it and the quarterback gets the, the throw off. And that's the kind of stuff that you want to see the willingness, you know, the effort. And he has that. So the running, the, the, now it's up to the chiefs to, to teach up the rest of it. But that's the thing, man. I, I think he, he already is kind of looking, uh, you know, pass protecting wise, a little cleaner than Pacheco, even though there is some still room to grow. You've got to be good and undrafted free agents, get a dive in the rough from time to time. Um, Turk Wharton's a guy. Turk Wharton's oh, yeah. an undrafted guy from Missouri uh, S and T uh, Byron Pringle was an undrafted guy with Brett Veach. You think about a guy that step in and do some things. Their chief signed 14 guys that run draft. I think Prince by far and away the best chance uh, to make this roster, but you can put a guy in the practice squad, one of the 16 members of the practice squad, but anybody else really jump out and stand out to you? Oh, I have one, Jay, and I, and I do think he, he could, he could kind of swap places with Nick Jones in terms of who makes this roster at the cornerback position. Cause I think there's one spot at that cornerback position up for grabs this off season. And my guy from Western Kentucky, I actually wrote him up before the, the draft because the Chiefs brought him in. Khalif Halasi, he, he is a physical corner, an aggressive corner, has some personality to him, some swagger that I like. I have some clips of him on Twitter. Uh, game-winning pick six last year, uh, you know, in the end zone. Or not pick six, I should say. Just a pick last year in the end zone. Let the other team know it. He, he's got that kind of swagger that you love to see from a corner. He's got the size. He's about 6'2", has some longer arms. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of a similar and build. And he's locally played at Independence. Uh, yes, yes, he did. And, and he, he, he's a similar build as Nick Jones, but I think he's got a little more playmaking to him. And, and I'm surprised, honestly, that he didn't get drafted. I thought he'd be a sixth or seventh round pick. I definitely think he has a chance to make the, the bottom end of the roster. It's from Dane Brugler. Uh, it's outstanding link to crowd the catch point. Must do a better job locating to pick off passes as a tackler. He stays balanced as a finisher when working from high to low. He plays fearless with a brash attitude. Love yeah. that. Yes, exactly. Overall, Halassi needs to play with more disciplined eyes. He's long, fluid, and controlled in his movements. Uh, originally cover or press off coverage. Originally committed to Oregon, too. He And then he went to Indy. So that's a guy that, you know, big-time prospect at one point. We'll get to the offensive line and Donovan Smith. What's it say about the Chiefs and the offensive line? Who they really want? In round one, plus we'll look at the wide receiver position as well. Do you feel comfortable with what they have? We discuss that next. Ron Cop, lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Talking Kansas City Chiefs this hour. Jay Binkley, produced by Julio Sanchez. I just got an email. We get an email on everybody's anniversary when they started working here. One was Chris Ocero. It was 10 years yesterday. Oh, wow. You're not far behind that. I'm not. Awesome. Are you the same year as Chris? Because I, I believe I am nine years. Long enough. Long See, enough. He still gets credit for Milwaukee. Because that's an Odyssey station. So he still gets that extra, like, six years. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But he was actually hired here the same that I was, Vern was. Ron Kopp, lead analyst, <laughs> arrowheadpride.com, sitting in with us now. All right, we're going to move over to the offensive line for just a second. Man, I can't wait. The NFL is 
12 months a year, man. Because we get the no OTAs coming up, then the, then the mandatory mini camp in June. Then we've got the training camp up at St. Joe. And then, boom, we start the season again, and there we go. And then we get the combine, then we get the draft, and yeah, all year long, buddy. All no offseason. No, trust me. As a writer, as a as a as a blogger, as a uh, as a podcaster, as a YouTuber uh, that covers an NFL team, I am well aware that there is no offseason. This this kind of the stretch after the draft before the training camp is the only true offseason that, that it really feels like an offseason. We still, you know, are cranking out UDFA reviews. But we just I mean, I just love doing it, man. So but the funny thing is, I remember like back in uh was it maybe sixteen? Just to show you where the schedule release is, and I bring it up all the time. Pete, your guy, uh, Pete Swinney over yes, there. Sir. Probably, boss Pete man. Pete and I did a uh, – our previous boss. I just made up. I say, hey, I went to his office. I said, can I come in after the Royals are done? Can I talk about the schedule coming out tonight? Because <laughs> Chiefs fans love to talk about the schedule. They like wins and losses. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about this? And this is before the schedule release really became – Right. National Day, right? Where they're releasing games on the morning shows at all the networks at Fox and yeah, CBS and everything. Ridiculous! And everybody's kind of piecing it together, and you check in the Arrowhead Pride, refreshing it all the time. Which games are going to what situation? Then we have the schedule leaks um, from all the schedule leakers. But there was Pete and I. I think we called it the schedule release extravaganza, <laughs> and people gave me so much crap for it, but I don't care. I had fun with it. Now it's like a. A major thing, the schedule release. Oh yeah, no, we get we. It's a good no. You're playing. You still know when. It's a big content day for 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 us. I mean, I you know I do my way too early predictions. You know, we have an emergency podcast. We did 40 minutes breaking down and reacting. What way did you have the Chiefs? I I I had them. Was was it three losses? 14 and three. 14 and three. Yeah, I had the Jaguars loss early. I had a divisional loss uh, at some point. I think. I think maybe Denver on a short week in Denver, maybe, um, you know, I just, there's always going to be one that trips you up. I think Denver could be with Sean Payton. I, I could see them kind of maybe brewing up an upset if the chiefs are, aren't right one week. Are you buying Sean Payton could turn around Russell Wilson because he wouldn't have been hired if they didn't think he could. I don't they're not, stuck with him as an anchor. Let me say it like this. I don't buy that. He's going to turn around Russell Wilson. I, I, I can buy that. He's going to turn around the Broncos to an extent, but, but I think Russell Wilson's going to, going to have to to understand that he just has to kind of almost be a, a cog in the wheel at this point, not the guy. And and as long as he understands that and he lets Sean Payton do his thing, because they have weapons, man. They have weapons. They have uh, defenders as well. Um, and Sean Payton's a great coach, man. I mean, he, he's definitely going to, he's definitely going to, you know, have them competing at to the furthest extent, you know, with, with his special teams, you know, he, he's always been kind of that wild card in special teams too. Well, they go I mean, 17 against the chiefs since 2015. I know, you know, it's got to end at some point, but uh, I'm not, oh, yeah, rooting it's for end it. at some point. I'm not rooting for it. I, you know, I, 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 I do think though, there's some tough games down the stretch. We already talked about it, but I, I could see the Bengals or the bills being all right. So the chiefs were sitting there. Felix was still sitting there and, for all the talk about, well, they had to make a pick in Kansas City because draft is in Kansas City. The more and more Brett Veach was talking about it, that you know maybe maybe Clark it wasn't didn't exactly put the mandate out that he had to do it, but Clark was really excited to make that pick. But could they have moved? Clark didn't make. This matter of fact, this is what Brett Veach said about that whole incident sitting at thirty-one. Oh, he was excited, and, and um, you know what a cool uh, what a cool moment that was. And I'm sure people will say, well, we had to stay there at thirty-one, and I, I can assure you that wasn't the case. In fact, when he was up there at the stadium, he, he or at the um, the train station, he asked, he said, what do you think we're going to pick here or trade? And I told Clark, I said, well, you know, if it's only a couple spots down, there could be an opportunity where we do it. But if it's, you know, in the high 30s or 40s, we're probably just going to sit there and stay. But um, so it worked out the way it was supposed to work out. But it was certainly a great, 
a great moment for Clark and, you know, our fans. And, and what a great job Kansas City did. I mean, they should certainly be proud. I mean, the league office, their work, um, Kathy Nelson at the Sports Commission, Mayor Lucas and his crew. I mean, it was just a fantastic weekend. Mark Donovan uh, helping out with our staff up there. So it was a great weekend for everyone. I think Kansas City should be very proud. They put on an unbelievable display. And, and it was certainly cool for Clark to have that moment with the fans. I wouldn't have cared what they did because they do damage in the second and third round. Matter of fact, that ring of honor is littered with guys that weren't first-round picks. Let me think about some of the best. Jamal Charles with third-round pick, Travis Kelsey, certified Hall of Famer, third-round pick, Creed Humphrey, second-round pick, Nick Bolton, second-round pick. So, again, don't need to get into it. Chris Jones. Chris Jones, another second-rounder. But Anton Anton out of uh, Oklahoma. Anton, Anton Harrison, Harrison, my guy. was a guy that I mocked. I did get one right, only one. It was uh, Snacks. Oh, yeah, Keandre Coburn. was the only one I got right with Snacks um, that I mocked. No. But Anton Harrison was a guy I mocked. I'm not sure because they do go out and get Donovan Smith that was going to play left tackle for him. They said, Juwan, you're going to be the right tackle. I don't care what they paid him. It doesn't matter. It you doesn't. get elite pass rushers on both sides because teams don't go out there and say, well, we're going to put our best pass rusher against our left tackle, their best no, they offensive don't. line. Mitch Schwartz Max made Crosby. a hell of a difference <laughs> with this team. Exactly, Max Crosby plenty coming from the opposite side. Von Miller moves around each side. But, again, Donovan Smith signed right after the draft. Does that mean anything to you? Is Wanye Morris a guy that may take a year or so? Because they do like the red shirt guys to some extent, if on the outside, not the interior. So, back in, back in the free agency period, I wrote an article for Arrowhead Pride where I said the Chiefs' plan A should be Jawan Taylor plays right tackle for this team. I still believe that is the case. I, I I do believe the Chiefs believe that the case, and I believe draft night tells us that is the case. You're right. They wanted Anton Harrison. They wanted him to be their future left tackle. I would have loved that. He was one of my favorite players in the class. But Jacksonville had to have him, and it made so much sense. And you know, especially when you factor in the Cam Robinson suspension that they are fact that, that they and had Juwan to deal with. Juwan Harris here, so <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. They the lost bookends for Trevor Lawrence. Right, and Anton Harrison to me, you know, I think he was a polarizing prospect What's to Cam an extent. Out? Six games. I honestly, I don't know, but that sounds, that sounds right. But I really think the chiefs always wanted this to be the case where Jawan Taylor is at right tackle and they're figuring out left tackle in another way. Um, after once the Jawan Taylor signing happened, I think obviously they were trying to find a long-term left tackle this offseason. He did not have a good year last year, but he was injury. He gave up six sacks last year. He's not the greatest tackle, but he's a solid, tackle. but he's been very good for Tom Brady. It was exactly last year. He dealt with a lot of injuries, but again, he was, the blind side of Tom Brady. Well, all, all I'll say is that I, I really believe that the Chiefs still have a good plan at the offensive tackle position because you're right. I don't think right tackle, left tackle necessarily matters. I think anyone saying, oh, that's too much for a right tackle isn't just it just isn't understanding that it, it's just different than it used to be. You know, the, the defenses aren't necessarily having, like you already mentioned, you know, their, their guy on the weak side of the offense and, and, and trying to get for the blind side. A lot of teams have two pass rushers worthy of, of, of getting after the quarterback, especially guys going after the Chiefs. I mean, teams know that that's how to beat the Chiefs. You know, teams are trying to inform their teams. The AFC West, we've seen that. Them get double, you know, edge rushers on both sides. So all I'll say is I like them. I like them not forcing Juwan Taylor at left tackle if they don't have to. Because here's the thing, Jay. In the draft, they got a right tackle from Oklahoma, Oklahoma, right? We all think, you know, hey, it makes sense he played right tackle at Oklahoma. He played more left tackle snaps than right tackle snaps in college. And I when he was the Tennessee Wanya Morris was right. the left tackle. And, and yeah, I'm Smith talking about Wanya Morris. Left exactly. Guard at that point. Exactly. I really think Wanya Morris could absolutely be the developmental left tackle. And, and he could maybe only need that year under Donovan Smith to develop. And all of a sudden you have him as your starting left tackle in, 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 uh, in year two. He is, he is a, a highly recruited prospect at a high school and, and a guy that definitely has 
the the length and the the movement ability that you see from Andy Reid offensive tackles that that really is important. He's got a lot of stuff to clean up, and it's why he was a third round pick as someone that actually projected to go later in a lot of drafts. But I, you know, the more you look at him, the more you could see if a guy like Andy Heck gets with him and really cleans him up, man, he could he could be the team's. You know, hey, he's not a star left tackle maybe, but he could be a solid enough left tackle. And if you have four other guys on the team on the line that you really trust, then that's all you really need is just solid at that spot. So you look at what they did in in the draft this year. Last year, year before, seven out of ten picks were defense. Yeah. In fourth rounders, they've gone what nineteen out of like twenty four picks. They're one through four being on defense. They have loaded up this defense. I didn't care precisely, but rounds two and three that night, I remember sitting in the center block where we did the show. Said they needed everything that need, is picked tonight needs to be for Mahomes. Yeah. And it was Rasheed Rice in the second round. It was Wanye Morris in the third round. So that was back to back picks. For Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. No, and Rasheed Rice is going to be a very intriguing guy because he's a super he's a super athlete, right? He's got the great test athletic testing numbers and and he's a guy that, you know, you could argue just didn't and and I think it's factual that he just didn't reach his potential in college to an extent. He was a great player in college, but I think he, you know, he he with his athleticism, with his profile, he could have been a you know more productive player, a better player. Um, and so that's why I'm excited to see him in the Chiefs offense. And obviously Mahomes loves him. And so I think that's that's such an important part of this. And and as that's the thing is is as I had some receivers I liked a little better. And 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 that's part of you know evaluating the draft and, and the fun of it. But the Chiefs know what they're getting and, and or know who they want. And and a guy like Rasheed Rice fits what I think the Chiefs needed. A more physical receiver, a bigger bodied kind of like Juju Smith Schuster, win over the middle, you know, win in contested catch uh, situations, you know, win to the sideline. Uh, while also being able to, you know, win uh, after the catch too. I think he can kind of do all of that. So when you think about, are you okay with the wide receivers? Are you okay with what they're set? Or okay is the right word. they still need to get like a DeAndre Hopkins? Because that's what the people are saying, you know, the Bills really need is the DeAndre Hopkins type for wide receivers. Are you set with the wide receivers? Because you can make a good argument that Mahomes could take any wide receiver and make them a good receiver. And I'll agree with that theory. You can. But you know what, though? I look at some of the great quarterbacks, and I've said it before, you know, Manning, Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison and yes, the Brandon Stokely. As a matter of fact, they're one of what five teams in NFL history to have three receivers over a thousand yards in the same year. Cause Brandon Stokely was one of those guys with Indianapolis. So he made Brandon Stokely in this great receiver with Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison Marino with Duper and Clayton. We know about Taylor and rice with Joe Montana into Steve young. I mean, there's been some great receivers. I'm okay with that. Cause and again, Tyree kills not here. He's not walking through that door. Is uh was it Singletary once said that oh, he's not walking through this door? Yep. It was San Francisco. Do they have enough? And you're satisfied with what they have because they've been making you know they've been making water out of wine. You asked wine if out of water. Excuse me. Yeah. You asked if I'm okay. I think okay is the right word with the receiver position. It's not something you get excited about with with the names and the depth they have, but they have quality depth. And and I think one thing that's underrated about this group, we talked about maybe that fullback position earlier. If they if they do use a kind of a hybrid position to to fill that fullback role, that opens up a spot on the offense. And one thing that 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 you kind of don't think about, but this team needs a kick returner and punt returner. McCole Hardman's not on the team anymore. You don't want to put Tony back there if he's going to be your wide receiver one. You don't want to put Pacheco back there if he's going to be your starting running back. You got to have somebody do it. There's no, you're not putting McDuffie back there. He's your starting cornerback. I think a guy like Richie James could make this roster as that additional receiver, another receiver that they, that they haven't had in the, in the past. Richie James could do it. But the one thing is, is, is ball protection. He does have eight fumbles in 58 games. He did turn it around a little bit last year, but that's always been a big thing with Andy Reid is, is, is protection of the football. Well, yeah, I, you know, how good he is. I'm, I, you know, that, that's another question, but to your point, 
I think he could be a player that he did have about what 600 to 500 yards with the Giants last season. I believe he could be a guy that he's the, turning the corner, man. He's at, looking good at the bottom of the roster because he's on the roster because of his kick return punt return, you know, ability. He could be a guy that still could contribute and, and, and Patrick Mahomes elevates as a player, you know, as that six receiver on the roster. I, I think there's a chance, uh, you know, uh, all six receivers, you know, well, first of all, that they keep, keep six receivers. They've been keeping five, you know, in recent seasons, but I think six, just because who else is going to return kicks and punts for this team? I really feel like they need the, uh, Richie James might win a role on this team solely because of that. He might need to do that. It might be a situation he needs it. Or um, Ely. Or Ely. I mean, we talked e- about Ely. Ely. I do like Ely. He could do it. Um, what the receiver Rice had, what, one punt return in college? Yeah, no. Or no, one kick return in college. He didn't mean punt returns, one kick return. That was it. No, no return experience. Justin Watson returned punts for this team last year in a very limited role and, and kind of just a guy that can catch because the other receiver on this team, Sky Moore, cannot do punt returning and should not be back there ever to receive a punt again. So the postseason, he was ready to go. Oh, gosh. Oh gosh, we're not seeing stepping it. Stepping up, man. He did. Sky Moore stepped up, man. But Tony, Tony is just going to have to be that situational punt returner. If he's going to be the wide receiver one, he can't be doing it at, at the same rate, uh, you know, as like a, a McCole Harbin. Tyree Kill is going to have to be that kind of comp in terms of okay, he only comes out situationally. So I, I, I think they're going to have to find someone else to do it. All right, coming up next, your favorite pick in this year's draft class. It could be all any of them. Rounds one through seven, your favorite pick for the Kansas City Chiefs. Who fit the best? I'll let you know mine as well. Next. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Welcome back to Bakley, Julio Sanchez producing the operation. Ron Cop in here. He of six interception fame. Oh my gosh. Well, Ron's true, I'm man. Past it. I'm moving past. It. You can check him I'm out at Ron it. underscore cop. That's K O P P. He's got some great stuff on the Derek Prince, and he's got an article. Actually, he's got some nice film work oh, on the Derek Prince. Oh yeah, Digging undrafted free agent running back from the Chiefs. Look for him to make the roster. Yeah, no, I think I, I I really think he could have been drafted. So shout out to Derek Prince. I'm hyping him up. I'm I'm on the bandwagon early, hyping him up. So that's your favorite UDFA. It is again, Khalif Halasi, uh, you know, another one shout out, you know, while we're talking about it again, though, I will say there's, there's a Tennessee guard, Jerome Carvin from Tennessee. Uh, I, I said it from Tennessee played with Smith. Another, yeah. Another guy that has experience playing Nick uh, with Trey Smith playing with Wanye Morris, you know, for, he was in a room at the same time as him. And I, I liked what I saw, man. That could be a guy that makes the team as a depth. Trey Smith line. on speed dial. <laughs> hey man, sec offensive line. You can't go wrong. man. You can't go wrong. It's a great team. All right, Ron, who was your favorite pick this year for the Kansas City Chiefs? All right, it's my guy. You kind of mentioned him earlier because you mocked him earlier, uh, you know, before the draft. But Keandre Coburn, the Texas defensive tackle. Snacks. The, the reason why I loved it so much is, is the Chiefs kept me in suspense, man, because I that was someone I was targeting as, as early as round four for the Chiefs, uh, someone that I really feel like filled the last need they really needed to fill um, at that point in the draft, they had edge, they had receiver, they had offensive tackle. I really feel like interior defensive line was that next big need. And I really feel like Coburn would have earned that pick in the fourth round. I think he was that good a player. He could start right away if he needed to. Um, he could. He, he's that A-gap, just huge body, you know, eating double teams, but also can move. You know, he gets off the ball pretty well. Um, you know, and can and can get the hands off him um, as as a pass rusher to an extent. You know, he wasn't the most productive pass rusher, 
But in the sixth round, man, that's where it really becomes my favorite pick. You know, I, again, I I feel like they could have picked him over Chamari Connor and uh, B.J. Thompson, just both guys that that are developmental picks that that are you know, not going to necessarily contribute on off or on defense right away. I think uh, I think they're going to maybe take a little bit. Coburn's a guy that could start right away. I think I think him and Nadia are going to at least be in the rotation. That. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I think maybe not right away, I should say, in year one, because I think Naughty, you know, has earned the right as a veteran, and, and they're going to trust the veteran. But, you know, as the season goes on, um, I, I think those two are going to be competing for those sp- for those uh, plays, those snaps of that spot. And Coburn just, just looks like that guy that's going to be able to do it, have a, almost a Naughty-like career. You know, Naughty was that kind of guy coming in, you know, right away, playing early as a nose tackle, then kind of earning that spot eventually. And, and, and he's been here since, you know, five, six years down the road. I think Coburn could have a similar uh, career where he's just an, uh, you know, a, a low key, very solid player for the Chiefs. And Carvin is an injured free agent, but 6'5, 321, played that uh, left side, that left guard for Tennessee. You, watch him, man. He's, he, he's exciting. Yeah, I don't watch him. Is he the DFA? I like, do you have any idea who my favorite draft pick is? It's not Snacks. Dude, I know. I thought I was going to take one yours. I, I thought I was going to take yours. No, I, uh, I, I don't even know who to guess, Jay. You, you, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to. It's kick a guy me. you glossed over really quickly. Oh God. It's going to be my least favorite pick, isn't it? Who's your least favorite pick? Jamari Connor. That's my favorite. <laughs> Jamari Connor is my favorite draft pick for the chiefs. He can play safety oh, and he can play corner. So we can line up by the box. Sure. handed tackler. Not only that, a team captain of Virginia tech, but he led Virginia tech in sacks from a defensive back position a freshman, yeah. in 2019. What does Steve Spagnuolo like to do? He blitz secondary members more than anybody in the NFL. This is a guy with pass rushing skills in the defensive backfield that is a tight end killer. You put him against a tight end, he's ready to roll. And you look at the quality. I know Darren Waller's out of the division, but the quality of tight ends in this division. Tight Shamari Connor, because of the role he plays and the fact he'll play so much. He's a four phaser. He plays all the special yes, teams. I know. But I Shamari know. Connor. Oh, yeah, they wanted to tell us right away, Jay. They Shamari Connor is my guy. They want they, the area scout wanted us to know he was a four phase special. Right. Hey, this guy, phaser, buddy. the fourth pick in the draft that we had this year is, is the thing we want to boast the most about him is the special teamer. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, that was my kind of problem with but it. If you is, can't is, sign Snead, this is that guy. And, and, and here's the thing, man. I, I, once they made the pick for Coburn, it felt a lot better, right? I, I really feel like they, they missed some it's seven and a half sacks from the defensive back. Yeah, I he he's kind of that jack of all trades kind of player. When I watched him, though, you know, I, I think this last year they played him at free safety a lot more. I think he was kind of learning that Former position. Corner. Maybe wasn't playing as fast as, as maybe he had in years past because I wasn't very impressed with him as a 2022 player. But that's what Legarius Sneed did too in college. He he had to move to safety his last year. Maybe wasn't as impressive of a prospect because of that. Moves the cornerback back in the NFL, or or is he even a you know obviously he is a cornerback, but he's almost more of a safety that plays corner. You know, obviously from that slot position, which is you know can be kind of that safety or corner. I don't know, man. I I I could see where he he is a Sneed like player, but he is not as explosive as Sneed. Jay Jay Sneed was a very very explosive player coming out of college. The speed the speed was there, um, the athleticism scores were there. Um, you know, Connor is an athlete, but maybe but he doesn't move around the field like like Sneed does. But I just like Connor. Uh, he played that nickel position back in nineteen. It's where he yeah. got all the sacks, the five and a half sacks from right. the nickel spot. You can pick. He's, he's a ball hawk. He gets the ball. Yeah, no, he, he intercepts it. You could see him he playing, can, but he can get to the quarterback from right. the defensive backfield. I could understand why the Chiefs coveted Shamari Connor. Yeah, you could see the Spags using him in the dime situations, right, where he's just blitzing. That nickel bleed I mean, loves yeah. blitzing from the nickel. Right, exactly. No, you can, you can. 
I just don't think he's he's as 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 Sneed like as as uh, as as maybe you know we would hope maybe is the way to put it. That's my guy. Your least favorite guy is my least, favorite guy. But you know what? It's that not even the. Be, it's not even the guy. It's just the pick. No, where it, it should was, be that. It should be special that. Special teams. I just don't like picking a special teams guy in the fourth round. But obviously, you know they're hoping he can. Start all more. thirteen games in the nickel this last year. And he's yeah, or he's pl- twenty one. He played he a lot of football. safety all games last year. No, he, he definitely fits the bill for a versatile Chiefs defensive back. The safety position is a little loaded up right now, I will say. But that could be not the case in a year. So I, I, I you know, he could be a better pick. And that's and, and as I close out here, as as I you know, as I as I, I as I leave you, Jay, I'll just say this. I do think this draft class may not contribute. I I, sh- I will say it will not contribute the way the last two classes have immediately. But do not make do not mistake that with this being a bad class because of that right away, uh, or or that Veach is a worse drafter after this year because of no I I think I think there may be some overreactions after twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three I should say with this class I don't think there's but, a lot of people talking about Jalen Watson Isaiah Pacheco and Nazi Johnson Nazi played in the Super Bowl in specialty I don't think there was a lot of talk on any of these guys last year sitting here in May. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying, but I, I, I really, I want to, I'm, I'm coming out and predicting that this class will not have that same sort of, oh, yeah. sort of, but, but we'll that doesn't, this but, next year. exactly, but that doesn't mean it's going to be a bad class. I think year two, year three, it could be even a better class in the last couple of years because of some of the development that these guys. Ron, tell us what you got coming up, my friend. Arrowheadpride.com. We're reviewing the UDFAs. We're, we just want to get you guys, you know, the looks on all these guys for training camp. So you kind of know who you're looking at. There's some good linebackers. Cam Jones, you know, is one from Indiana. That was a high, highly rec- uh, touted prospect. That's the main thing going on, but just check everything else. That will be covering OTAs coming up. We got it all at arrowheadpride.com. OTAs coming right up, by the way, the Lakers have a one-point lead. Yes, sir. The Lakers. Nuggets, you're going to go watch some NBA playoffs. Yes, sir. Ron, I always enjoy you coming in. Much appreciated, my friend. Julio and I are big fans, buddy. Yes, sir. No, appreciate you guys. Always fun. We we enjoy you coming in. (laughs) But uh, coming up next, we'll look back at that Chiefs offense. Go a little more in detail about these wide receivers next. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.